with us. We thank you for our eternal security and our sure hope. Thank you that we stand on a firm foundation this morning. We're not moving around by the winds of this world. We're not shaken by the things that are happening around us. We thank you that we stand strong. Children of God, loved by the Most High. And Lord, as we look at the confident Word of God, which has spoken relevantly into generations for thousands of years, Father, we pray that it will speak into our hearts this day and that they would bear much fruit within us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please take your seats, everybody. Well, what a, what a privilege it is to know the Lord at these times. These are um, certainly times of great shaking, times of much trial and difficulty. And I'm stirred and I'm moved that there have been people across this nation and the nations of the world who have lost many loved ones over this period of time. And our heart grieves with them. Our hearts go out to all of those who are working on the front lines and who are facing challenges day after day, many of them for probably nine, ten months now with very little break. I know many people in the medical profession have been asked to cancel any holidays and so on, and our hearts go out to all of those and our prayers go to them. And the leaders of our nation, you know, whatever your politics, whatever your thoughts are, the Bible exhorts us to pray for our leaders. And boy, do they need the wisdom of the Lord right now. And we have a God who says, if anyone lacks wisdom, they should ask God who gives generously. And we need to be praying, church, for the leaders of our nation. And I pray that they will bow the knee to the Lord. I pray that any arrogance or pride that we can do this in our own strength will be gone. And I pray that we will humble ourselves as a nation before the Lord. And I pray that we will respond to the Lord that the nation will know it's not Brexit that exalts a nation, it's not, a vi- it's not some antidote that exalts a nation, but it's righteousness that exalts a nation, and that this will be a year when this nation will discover the righteousness of God like never before. And church, if we as a people of God can't get excited about that, there's no one who can. The church, we are the people in the nation that are called to lift the eyes of the nation to the one who is unseen to the one who has all power, the one that we've been singing about and enjoying this morning. As the nation battles an unseen enemy, which is seriously impacting many of our institutions, many of our businesses, many of the fabric of our society is being impacted greatly by this unseen battle that's taking place. We are surrounded by messages of ways that we can respond, of ways we can take personal responsibility and society responsibility to play our part in the resistance to this killer of many people's lives. There are, of course, many spiritual parallels. I remember the day when our prime minister stood up and said, we are battling an unseen enemy, and I thought we've been battling an unseen enemy for years. There has been a parallel throughout this whole pandemic where I have been thinking, and we see every day the graphs of the number of people who have lost their lives, and I'm thinking about the numbers of people who day after day have been going to a Christless eternity, and we just skip over it. 
We've lost sight of the, the critical nature of the battle that we're in, church. We've lost sight that there is a real war taking place in the heavenlies. And it's not just a war that we might keep safe. It's a war that makes a hell of a difference in people's lives. And it's a war that we need to wake up to, church. Just because we can't see it doesn't mean to say it's not happening. And I see these parallels playing out before us continually. The devil and his invisible work has been destroying lives at every level of society, whether rich or poor, young or old. He has been destroying the lives of people for thousands of years. This short, fleeting time on this planet is but a small part of the eternal nature to which you and I are called. And he has been ravaging the lives and stealing the eternal destiny of people for millennia. If this doesn't move us and stir us or provoke us, I'm not quite sure whether we need to look in our own hearts and conclude that maybe we have been seduced by his power also. Now, to deal with the threat of coronavirus, regions around the country have been placed into different tiers. We're all familiar with the language of tiers. And next week, I'm going to start exploring a new theme, looking at the kingdom of God tier. We're going to look at the things that God's kingdom calls the people of God to live within his calling and within the things that he speaks over the people of God. And we're going to start that next week for the next few weeks, the kingdom of God tier. And I'm going to be inviting you to step with me on a journey, church, into being the true antidote in our society to the biggest killer of our day. But there's another message our government is giving out as well as tears, and this is how I'm going to introduce this theme for the next few weeks. Because there's a message, a simple message that's being put out that's designed to be simple so it's memorable, and so we see it on our TV screens, we see it every time there's a broadcast, we see it on posters in shops, we see it even in the high street, there's billboards that have this simple three-word message, and it's this, it's hands, face, and space. Very simple message. It's designed to be as memorable as you possibly can. On your way in, you washed your hands under the antibacterial soap. We've never lifted up wholly our hands, have we? We um, understand that we wear in face coverings because... Um, we want to limit the, uh, the spread of aerosols, and we want to keep people safe. And we also uh, are being encouraged to keep our space, and everybody's sitting with big gaps, social distancing gaps between you this morning in the room, because there's an understanding that we want to keep one another safe. And I want to take this very simple message of hands, face, and space and I want to put a spiritual parallel on it this morning as a way of introducing this message. I want to talk about holy hands. I want to talk of flint faces. And I want to talk about sacred spaces. 
And I believe this morning this will introduce to us some ways, some practical ways that we can prepare our lives to be the antidote into this nation in 2021. Because I believe that the glory of the Lord is going to cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. I believe there's a revival coming. I believe the church of Jesus Christ has his greatest day ahead. I believe that we're going to see miracles as the normality. I believe that we're not only going to feed people out of the food banks and out of the given of what we have, but we're going to see loaves and fishes multiply because the need is going to be so great in our nation that the church is going to need to move in signs and wonders. Otherwise, it's going to be stuffed. It's not just going to be society looking to the church. They're going to be looking to the Lord of the church, the miracle maker, the wonder worker. And if that's going to happen, church, we can't go around with dirty hands. We can't go around with flimsy faces, and we can't go around with secular spaces. We have to change our approach. We have to prepare, and we have to play our part. Church, there is not a professionality of this that applies to some and not applies to others. If you're the newest believer, if you're the youngest believer, if you're the oldest believer, you need holy hands, you need a flint-like face, and you need to know a sacred space is in your life. Holy hands. Psalm 24, verses 3 to 4 says these words, Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those who have hands and hearts that are pure who do not worship idols and never tell lies. Being holy means being separate. It's dedicated. It's exclusive. If a reporter is given an exclusive story, it means no one else is going to get that story. They're going to get unique insights. To be holy means that we are exclusively God's. We belong to Him. And our hands, who may ascend to the hill of the Lord, but he or she who has holy hands and a pure heart, clean hands and a pure heart. One of the things that I see consistently stopping the people of God from stepping out in the miraculous, stepping out in the things of the kingdom, is that they're aware that their hands are dirty. It robs them of their confidence. It means they keep their distance. It means they're not bold. See, there have been times when, in normal times, when... I may have been engaged in something like washing the car or gardening. That'd be a miracle. (laughs) Just doing something that just means my hands have got dirty and someone will come and visit us in the home. Remember those days? Whoa. And they go to shake your hand and you say, sorry, my hands are a bit dirty. And you hold back because your hands are dirty. I see God's people holding back all the time because the enemy has done a wonderful thing of reminding them that their hands are dirty. But you and I have got used to something in the last seven or eight months that we've never, ever known to this degree before. Before you go into any shop, you antibacterial, wipe your hands. When you've Being with people on the way into the building, you clean your hands. And on the way out, you clean your hands. 
You've got your own packs in your pocket and you're cleaning your hands. We're aware that at any moment we could pick something up on our hands and we need to deal with it. Well, that's not a new concept because the scripture says about keeping a short account with God. The scripture says that we pick up the pollution of this world regularly and you can't get rid of it yourself. You need, as we celebrated a communion, the blood of Jesus which cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And we need to continually be washing our spiritual hands before the Lord. Now, I don't know when you gave your life to Jesus, if those of you who are listening or in the room already know Jesus. And if you don't, you can know him today because he wants to forgive you. He loves to forgive people of their wrong. He loves to cleanse them. It's like a doctor who's trained all his life to fix broken people. And the, when you go to see the doctor, they're not saying, oh, not you. Oh, I can't believe you're real. What an inconvenience this is. They've trained for this all their life. And they are delighted to help. God is delighted to forgive. The scripture says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. For the joy. Do you know what the joy is? The joy is your life restored. It's your hands clean. It's your heart being purified because of the forgiveness of God. He delights to forgive. He delights to cleanse. And some of you, a number of years ago, you gave your life to Jesus and you know what a joy it was. And you began to struggle with some things in your life. And it's like those struggles have come to a place where you're convinced that you've now fatigued God. You've out-resourced his desire to forgive. And now you see a God who rolls his eyes when you come to him. And I want you to know he doesn't roll his eyes. I want you to know he's not distancing himself and saying, not you again. He loves, in fact, Jesus is no longer on the cross. He's no longer in the tomb. He is sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven, and he is praying for you. What's he praying for? He is praying to the Father that your sins will be forgiven. He is praying that you will be made righteous. Jesus wants you to be righteous. And he knows that your hands get dirty. He knows we pick up the pollution of the world. And he wants to purify us. So don't give me, oh, I'm not a good Christian. None of us are. But we're forgiven. We're cleansed. And our hands are holy. And we can enter his presence with boldness and with confidence. Because these are holy hands. And these holy hands that have been purified, these holy hands are to be generous and giving. And I love it says, lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. Holy hands. I love it, it says, lift holy hands in worship. You have holy hands. And if this has been a year that you've stepped into and you're aware that there are things in your life that you need the Lord's help on, stop thinking about it and start getting on your knees and coming to him and saying, 
God, I thank you for heaven's antibacterial cleansing of my soul and my hands. And you need to remember, you see, we've probably got more into a habit now of wiping our hands regularly. But in the beginning, there were signs everywhere. Wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Some of may still need to see those signs. But you see, we forget. It's one of the reasons why I'm so encouraged by our daily communion rhythms. And if you've never joined us, you should. And there's really no excuse, to be honest. Because you say, well, I don't get up that time morning, I'm already in work. You can watch it any time of day. You say, well, I don't really do Facebook. You can find it on YouTube. And if you need it on paper and pen rather than YouTube, let me know. I'll draw you a picture. Pop it in the post. Get a pigeon to deliver it for you. Really, there's no excuse. You need to come before the Lord regularly, more than daily. I need to come every hour and say, God, my hands are dirty. Cleanse me. And you are made holy. Every day we have about 60, 70 people join us live in the morning for communion. A number of people join us in the evening and then probably about 150 join throughout the day and watch it on catch-up. We're a church of 600. Come on. Come on, church. Purify your hands. You say, do I need to join online communion in order to be pure? Of course you don't. But I, I do believe you need the reminders. I, I need the reminders to get it right before the Lord. Wash your holy hands, church. What about flint face? This is a saying that comes from Isaiah 50. Because the sovereign Lord helps me, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, have I set my face like flint. And I know I will not be put to shame. I have set my face like flint. When you read flint in the scriptures, it often, it's, it's hard, it's tough, it's fixed. I have set my face like flint. Are you easily distracted? Are you someone who starts many things but doesn't complete much? Are you someone that at the beginning of the year, you are the sort of person that says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Oh, what's that over there? And you forgot what you were going to do. I have set my face like flint. But Mark, we don't know what this year is going to hold. How can we set a course? Surely we have to be flexible and fluid. Of course, there are parts of our lives that we don't know what tomorrow brings and we might have to adapt our diary and move around. But our face, the determination, the place of our focus, God calls us to set our face like flint. Fixed and unchanging and unwavering, absolutely compelled to hold our course. Romans 8, these famous verses in 38 and 39, says, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in creation. That's a pretty all-encompassing list. None of those things will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing. So you can set your face like flint because there's a truth there that is unchanging. Come what may, let us set our face like flint to love the Lord with all our heart, all our strength, and all our mind in 2021. And finally, sacred space. Holy hands, flint faces, and sacred spaces. I'm often drawn to the verse, Joshua 1.3, where this promise comes to this new leader of the nation. I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set your foot, you will be on land that I have given you. There was a prophetic word God gave me a number of years ago, and part of that said this. Where I go, you will flow. There was an old song years ago that sometimes we occasionally sing. It says, we are on holy ground. We're standing on holy ground. Why? Because the Lord is here, and where he is, is holy. Let me tell you one of the challenges that many believers have had over the last year. That was that the only sacred space they had in their life was the church building. And they miss in their sacred spaces. I've got news for you. Wherever I set my feet is a sacred space. This is a building that's, for this period in its journey, has been dedicated to the glory of God. But so is my home. So is my car. So is everything else I own and possess. So are the places that I walk. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, God gives the ability for us to make that a sacred space in our lives. And there's been an expansion of sacred spaces over this last year. There have been homes that were dark and devious and hidden that have become lighthouses because they've been given to the glory of God. Some of you have been sat at home today in your pajamas with your Marmite on toast watching church and you've been singing away and spitting out your toast crumbs all over the places you've been doing it. But if the Lord is there, it is a holy, sacred space. And church... I know there's all sorts of preventative measures in place in our society, and we understand all of those things, and let's be good model citizens, and let's be people that have no accusation against us of stepping outside of anything that might cause harm to others. But I want you to know, if the Spirit of God is in you, wherever you set your feet, it can become a sacred space in your life. And if your home 
is not a sacred space, then make it one. If your workplace is not a sacred space, then make it one. If your business dealings are not sacred, then make them sacred. If your attitude in relationships is not sacred, then make them sacred. If your marriage has a need of sacred, compelling sense of the Spirit of God to come into your relationship, then make it so. If your social media timeline is not sacred, then make it sacred. By inviting the Spirit of God in and saying, you are the Lord of this place. Have your way. This is not a time for the church to hide in their sacred home spaces. We're not the underground church. We're the church to advance and transform um, secular spaces to sacred spaces. And I believe as I was preparing this, that there are dreams that are awaiting invitations there are positions and places of influence that people in this community are going to have an opportunity to step into, to turn secular spaces into sacred spaces. There are going to be people involved in constructing legislation that is going to unlock communities in years to come. But it will only happen not when you go in with your degree or when you go in with your CV, it will happen when you go in with the Spirit of God. When you say, I want to be someone that wherever I place my feet, it's going to become sacred. So church, 2021, holy hands, flint face, sacred spaces. Let's stand together. Band, could you come and join me? On that last point, would you just open your heart and your hands and say, God, would you lead me and guide me to walk into secular spaces and to make them sacred? Would you give me wisdom, direction? We open our hearts, Lord. Can I invite you to lift holy hands in his presence? At home, just lift your hands before him. These hands, they get dirty. These hands pick up all sorts of things. These hands can be deceptive. We ask for your mercy and your forgiveness. And we thank you that you don't roll your eyes but you embrace us and you say, let me wash your hands for you. Thank you for holy hands. May these hands be deployed to the purposes of your kingdom this year, we pray. And our faces and the directions that we look and the places that we set our hearts towards and the determination of our lives. God, we set our faces like flint before you. Romans 5 says, suffering produces perseverance, and boy, some have suffered this year. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. These faces, may there be faces of hope this year. 
May they radiate with the goodness of God. May they shine. May our eyes glisten with the love of the Lord in our lives. May our faces be fixed like flint. And Lord, we thank you for this building, for this place has been dedicated to be a sacred space. But your presence lives no more here than it does in anywhere we invite you to come and live. Presence yourself in our homes, in our workplaces, in our communities, on our social media timelines. Come, take your place, sacred space, in Jesus' name.